Hey, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Coaching Minds Podcast, Season 3, Tools for Greatness. Today we've got a special guest with us, and we're also going to be talking about deliberate practice. And the the idea behind it is kind of this. Let's say your season just ended, and now you have nine months until you're, you ramp back up, or eight months, or however long. Or maybe let's say your season just started, and so you've got three or four months until your state championship, your national championship, whatever that championship at the end is going to be. And the question is this, if you and your opponent have the same amount of time, how can you improve at a greater rate? How can you improve at a faster rate? How can you get to a higher skill level, a higher confidence level, a higher mental toughness level? The basis for this is Olympic athletes. I mean, that's the, that's the perfect example, right? You've got four years to train. That's a long time. How can you get more out of that four years than everyone else from every other country in the entire world. And so there's been a lot of time, effort, research, thought that's been put into this, and we're going to share a lot of good information with you on our episode all about deliberate practice. This season is sponsored by ProX. ProX is the premier multi-sport training destination in the Midwest that hosts sports performance, sports rehab, and physical therapy, as well as sports-specific instruction programming for baseball, softball, football, golf, and more. ProX puts everything an athlete needs under one roof, just like the pros. The focus at ProX is maximizing the development and potential of every athlete in all areas while keeping health at the forefront. For more information, check out ProXAthlete.com. Welcome to the Coaching Minds Podcast. Helping you overcome obstacles so you can reach and achieve more. Here are your hosts, Ben and Zeke. Today we've got Dr. Jamie Gornish joining us again for the third time, and it's an honor to have him here. Jamie, you've seen practices from the Olympics uh, to professional athletes um, down in the middle school, like we've mentioned in previous episodes. You've seen it at every level. Um, when we talk about having great practice, um, are there things that that are common at that eighth graders practice to the Olympic. What are things that you see in all of those? Yeah, there are things that are common in both that are both good and bad. So we see things at the highest level that are bad that we also see at the youth level. We see things that are good at the highest level that are also good at the youth level. And they're pretty common things between the two. So, um, you know, we, we talk about before focus and things like that. I think that's the big thing, right? Like you get into a practice situation or you're prepping yourself. Not only are you prepping your muscles or your joints or your heart rate or whatever, you're prepping your brain to like, I'm going to start focusing on this. Right. So, you know, you, you, if kids who are listening, if you have a coach who's like, you guys are, ju- you know, you're jacking around during practice. I could tell you weren't focused. Well, had you been focused in your warm up? Maybe that would have had a different result. So just being when in the perfect term is mindful. Are you, is your mind full of what you're supposed to do? Or is your mind full of something else that happened earlier in the day or yesterday or whatever? So it's kind of a, you know, you hear the term going through the motions. Yeah. Your brain's not engaged, but your mighty body might be just literally going through the motions. So if you're not connected between your brain and what your body's doing on purpose, 
then you may not have the result. Right. And you're not going to improve at the rate that you could or should. So from your perspective, you know, when have coaches handled this situation well, where they said, guys, we're not dialed in, we're not ready to go and we're not practicing the right way. And and when have coaches maybe not done so well, what, what's a way that we can kind of guide our athletes back into the, the right mindset during practice? Yeah, I think, you know, as we've talked about before, knowing your athletes is super important. It's the most challenging, the more athletes you have. Yeah, without it's a doubt. less challenging if you're dealing with someone one-on-one or a small group or something like that, because you just have fewer individuals to refocus and everybody has a different method of refocusing. So if you have somebody who will snap to attention when you yell at them, then yelling at them will work. Mm-hmm. If yelling at them then just further distracts them, then yelling at them is the opposite effect that you want to have. I think in general, you know, we talked about controlling controllables, et cetera, many times, but getting someone to focus on something. So if your team, let's say you're in a warm up situation and you're doing a particular drill, maybe as a coach, you say, all right, focus on how high your foot is lifting. Or focus on touching, if you're doing push-ups, focus on touching your chin and your chest both to the ground at the exact same time. Now it's much harder to be distracted because your coach is giving you something to precisely focus on. Kind of like going back to the previous episode of aim small, miss small. If your brain is aiming at something small, you're likely to miss your mental preparedness in a smaller way. Sure. And we do this, this even goes down to the rehab level. So if we have somebody who's doing a particular exercise and they're not focused on what we want to train them to do, their brain, your brain can never do something automatic until it has learned focus. I use this analogy all the time with, with people when I'm trying to teach them why we're doing something. And you can try this at home, write your name with your off hand. So for me, it'd be my left hand and see how much slower that happens. But keep in mind what you're thinking about. So I'm thinking about how to write a J. Which way does the loop go? I'm trying to write an A. Which side does the, the the stem go on on the A? But then you say, all right, put the pen in your other hand, write it with that hand. Right. You're not thinking about letters at all. Right. So if you think if you're going to write a sentence with your left hand, you're going to think about each individual letter, but your right hand's going to be actually be thinking about the word or several words ahead. So it's called chunking, and that's how your brain works. That's why we do all kinds of things. But if you're not focused on learning that thing really, really well, it can never become automatic. So if you're trying to become better at something, you're always going to have to focus on that thing until it becomes natural. Then you can focus on the next thing and then it becomes natural. Yeah. I I love that example. I I was just doing that with my left hand on air as you were saying that. And and it's so true. And, you know, you, you see that. Pull out football, for example, you see that when you're trying to coach a quarterback on, hey, I want your footwork to look like this, and I need the delivery to look like this, and we need to read the flat defender, and we're either going here or we're going there based off of what he does. At some point, you got to... You got to start small and you got to kind of chunk it and you got to say, all right, we're going to really focus on getting your feet right. And then, all right, we're going to, we're going to really focus on now that you've done this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of time and you feel comfortable with it and you don't have to think about it. Now we can move on to that read and now we can move on to that, that next step. I, I love that. And so from, I guess from, uh, from an athlete perspective for the athletes out there listening, what, what would you encourage them to do on their way to practice so that they can make sure they're getting the most out of it? 
I think for a pre-practice routine, let's say, um, it's really important for athletes to realize what works for them. And to find out what works for you, sometimes you have to find out what doesn't work for you. So if being completely silent works for you, great. Go with that. If putting your headphones on and cranking some hard music works for you to distract you from something else, to kind of put away things that have been distracting you earlier in the day or it happened before or a worry that you have or whatever, if that helps you refocus Like to this day, I could tell you there's a song from Van Halen that when I hear it, I think about pregame stuff Mm -hmm. from 30 years ago when I was in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was my song. That was the song that I listened to on my Sony Walkman with the foam earphones before (laughs) games. Yeah. And when that song comes on, my brain goes automatically back to that and I can literally see myself prepping for a game. Love it. And so, so we, that, that's great for on the way to practice, have, having that routine, making sure that we're ready to go. Now let's say practice starts during practice. What, what are some things that you like to emphasize with your athletes to make sure that, you know, whether it's during the rehab or the workout or the actual skill development practice, what, what are some ways that they can make sure they're getting the most out of the actual practice part? I think with every component of practice, whether that's your warm up, whether we do what we call activation. So we might do some exercises that kind of get muscles turned on or whatever that we know that we want to become more automatic later. So you teach them to turn on. Oh, and all of a sudden they work better because you've just turned them on. Kind of like putting kindling in the fire. You can't have a big blaze until you get the fire going a little bit. Yep. So doing those activation things are, are important, but being focused on what you're doing. So When you're doing activation, don't think two steps ahead. Think about what you're doing at the time. You know, if you're making a recipe and you've never done it before, you're going to be very focused on, is this a tablespoon or a teaspoon? Right. I got to really focus on what the heck I'm doing here because I don't really know what I'm doing. But as you get better and better and better at it, you might just, oh, shoot, I used a teaspoon instead of a tablespoon. How could I be that dumb? Because you weren't focused on it. So knowledge of the activity doesn't necessarily dictate fully how focused you are on doing it at the time. And that's how bad habits arise. We see guys with throwing who have, who are working on mechanical things or a swing flaw or something like that. And they've I went through warm up and I was totally fine Yeah, because you're hitting a ball that's not moving or you're hitting a ball that's not moving very fast or your brain has, doesn't have to adapt, but you weren't focused on what you just worked on a day ago or pregame or whatever. Mm -hmm. So being aware of what you're doing at the time. And again, that's mindfulness, right? Like being mindful of not what you have coming up, but what you're doing at that moment. And then what happens, Ben, when you get in that pressure situation? Now you're ready to go. Now you're ready. You've done it a hundred times. Your brain is already in the method of, I'm going to just focus on what I'm doing right now. Yep. Like you can, Ryan Pepio, you had him on a season or so ago he talked about being able to go one pitch at a time. Yep. So if you're focused on what you're going to do in the third pitch of the batter, you're not then focused on what you're doing the first pitch of the batter. Absolutely. One of the pitchers that I work with right now who he'll have a tendency to kind of see big picture. All right, this is their, this is their best hitter coming up, or here's the stretch of their lineup where I need to be a little bit more precise with my fastball. And, and just, again, it it's just, it's not a bad thing to think about or to recognize 
but it's getting away from that aim small, miss small, that, that clear focus on this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. I would say one other thing, Ben, when we talk about mindfulness and preparation, um, having those long-term goals are super, super important because we, we, we always have to have something longer term that we know like, okay, this is what's motivating me, right? Like I want to get drafted. I want to make the major leagues. I want to make the varsity team, whatever that is, but you can't get there without performing on the rep by rep nature. Absolutely. You know, you're talking about a pitcher and I have a college pitcher who I think, you know, but um, he has a tendency to look way big picture about what scouts are here. Um, who's watching, who might be here tomorrow instead of what's going on this pitch. What do I need to do right now so that I can make the next pitch really, really good. So what do I need to do to warm up so that my first pitch, second pitch, whatever is effective and getting him to focus down. And cause if you'd asked him, um, what, if you want to impress a scout, let's say what has to happen, I got to strike guys out. Okay. Let's back that up. How do you strike a guy out? I got to get three strikes, right? Without walking him or yep. without a minute. How do you get those strikes? I got to focus on the spot. Aha. Okay. Right. Let's focus on the spot or the pitch or whatever and do that enough times that the scout goes, wow, he's really good. You can't worry about what the scout thinks because if you don't give him something to think about, you're going to have a poor evaluation. So yep. it doesn't really matter. You know, he had an outing one time and he's like, ah, oh, you know, such a scout was here. I said, okay, back up. It doesn't matter if no scout is here. It doesn't change what you do one pitch, next pitch, et cetera. And that shouldn't change how you prepared. So your preparedness really just gets dictated by, okay, what needs to happen? Maybe you have a bum knee and part of your preparedness is I got to do some extra stretching so that this knee is ready yeah. for the next thing I got to do. So then you focus on that. I, I love that. That one of my favorite things that we did um, when I was when I was coaching football at Westfield was right before the playoffs every year. We would break down by position and we would say, "All right, with the quarterbacks, for example, that w- that was my group of guys. What do we need to do over the course of the next six weeks to win a state championship?" And it was a little bit different every year. You know, just like your example, it's going to be a little bit different from pitcher to pitcher. But you know, there was a year where we just weren't throwing it on time. And so timing was one of the things. Okay, we'll now back that up. How, how are we going to work on timing? Well, during the during the warm up, we've got to make sure that we're doing our feet right, and we're going to make sure that we're releasing with, you know, some some urgency. Uh, we we need to make sure that we're we're identifying coverages pre snap because we've screwed up on that throughout the course of the season. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, it's back it up. We're going to have to put some extra time in in the film room. We're going to have to put some extra time in, you know, looking at practice film, things like that. And so the, I'm glad that you brought up the, the awareness and the intentional piece. And that that's the last thing that we're going to kind of finish up with today. Um, your tool for the week. So take out your notebook, take out your journal and, and write down 10 years from now, five years from now, one year from now, it sometime out in the future, what is it that you're really trying to do that you're really trying to reach for? Maybe, maybe it's you're just at the beginning of football season and it's where do I want to get to by the time the state finals or the national championship rolls around and have those goals. But then 
again, like we talked about, that's not going to be our focus moving forward. Our focus moving forward needs to be, okay, if here's where I'm trying to get, I'm trying to improve this swing or I'm trying to improve my release time, then in practice every day, I need to make sure that I'm doing this drill. I need to make sure that I'm working on this technique. I need to make sure that I'm you fill in the blank. And so heading into practice, you can have your pre I'm sorry, you can have your practice plan for the day and you can set those goals and say, I'm going to do this drill 10 times. I'm going to focus on this. I know working with golfers, sometimes that could be as simple as this practice round. I'm going to go through my pre-shot routine on every single hole. And rather than writing down a score, they just put check marks. Yes, I accomplished it on this hole or no, I did not. But having that, having that, here's my focus. Here's what I'm being intentional about. And then being able to say, yes, I did. I accomplished it. Maybe now we need to up the ante a little bit. I need to raise the bar a little bit or I didn't quite get it today. Well, that's okay. That's what we're going to focus on tomorrow. And we're going to get that knocked out. Thank you so much. And, and Jamie, just thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. It's been Anytime. fantastic. If you want some additional info uh, to help you with this topic, uh, check us out online at mentaltrainingplan.com or on our social media accounts at mentaltrplan. Until next time, don't settle for average. Make your plan and put it to work. <laughs>